Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. Happy Halloween! Okay. I know that some of you don't observe this and don't watch scary movies, and that's okay. There are some shows that I don't watch, and I mention them in the podcast, but stay with us. The Reverend Dr. Leah Shade joins us once again to talk about how faith and good and evil is represented in pop culture. Today, we'll talk about the comedy Good Omens, about angels and demons, and yes, we'll talk about the sequel to The Exorcist, which has a surprisingly inspiring ending. Warning, there are spoilers. Here's Leah. Well, it's going to be a great conversation again because I am talking to the Reverend Dr. Leah Shade, and you know when Leah is on, we are going to talk about some pop culture and how faith is represented in pop culture. I love these conversations. Hi, Leah. How are you? It's so great to see you, Vet. I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be back with you. It's been a little while. The last time we, I think we talked about Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about Good Omens, which is a show. Now, I see it on Amazon Prime, but it might be, okay, good, good, Amazon Prime, yeah, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, we can't, we can't talk and not at least reference the fact that this is the 50th anniversary year of The Exorcist, and there's a new Exorcist movie coming out, number one, and I am sure that they'll probably do some, if not a remaster or re-release of some kind for the original Exorcist um, which, in case you haven't seen that, it 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 is it is a movie about. I mean, it's a horror movie, but it is a movie about faith, and and that's what we talk about in these conversations: how faith is represented in the arts, in particular in pop culture. But Good Omens is new, or new at least to our conversation. Um, so, and, and season two just aired. Uh, I watched all of season two. I did not go back and watch season one, but Leah, I know you did, so you can. You can tell us a little bit. You can well. You can have more expertise on that. But um, why do you think it's good for us to talk about good omens on this show? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, just a little background. Good Omens was originally a book, and it was co-written by Neil Gaiman and 
Terry Pratchett. And that book um, was turned into this sort of a, a, a science fiction, fantasy, religious comedy series um, that came out in 2019, the first season. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second season came out in 2023. And the reason I thought it would be good for you and I to talk about this is because the way that it um, depicts or even kind of playfully addresses religious themes such as um, uh, eschatology, which means, you know, the end times, um, how it deals with good versus evil, how it deals with um, notions of divine authority and free will, um, you know, angels and demons. Uh, there's like all the stuff that we like to talk about is in this series. <laughs> That's true. Now, I know there's some of you out there who don't like to watch horror movies and who believe that we need to be careful of such things because perhaps we're letting, you know, evil influences in our homes. Trust me, I'm with you on that. I've been very candid about some things I don't watch. I stopped watching Lucifer and I stopped watching Sabrina because I felt like those shows began to glorify Satan, the devil, whatever they were referring to it at the, you know, I think there's a difference between shows that tackle, you know, evil, good and evil and tackle the different spiritual realms. I think there's a difference between those two shows, which I felt had just begun just to glorify. In the one case, Lucifer, he's the main, you know, he's he's the main title guy of the show. And then Sabrina, the teenage witch, um, which just went down a dark road for me. So for those of you who feel like, oh, I'm not sure I want to listen to this, hang on, hang on, because I, I agree with you. But I do think it's important to take a look at these kinds of shows because it's, you know, there's a lot of this in, in the pop culture that we have today. There's quite a few. I mean, if you want to go look, look for shows on Prime or Netflix, you will find a ton that have to do with some kind of good, evil struggle. But we try to pick out the ones I, that we think are significant and that, and that I think we can have something to say about. So that's a little disclaimer. Hang with us. Don't don't click away just yet. <laughs> so the other good thing about Good Omens is there's the the acting and the writing is great, and and many of you will immediately recognize the main actors of Good Omens. They are they are very well-known British actors and you have seen them in some very popular very popular movies and TV shows. Um including um Twilight, the Twilight series and uh and uh, Doctor Who and other shows. And and you probably you probably have their names. I don't have their names with me right now. Yeah, Leo, it's, but. it's uh it's Michael Sheen and David yeah. Tennant. Yep. yep. Michael Sheen uh, played a vampire in mm-hmm. the Twilight series, mm-hmm. and David Tennant um, was in the uh, the Doctor Who series, a reboot mm-hmm. of the Doctor Who series. But for those of you who are Anglophiles, you will find David Tennant in a lot of good kind of Brit box shows. So you'll you'll see him in a lot of that kind of stuff. So you'll reckon I think you might recognize them right off. But yeah. let's get let's get to it and let's tell them the plot of this show, Good Omens. Take it away, Leah. 
Okay. The first season begins with um, Aziraphale, who is uh, the angel, and Crowley, who is the demon, at the Garden of Eden. And Crowley, who at the time is called Crawley, because he's the snake that tempts uh, Eve and Adam. And um, they are driven from the Garden of Eden, but Aziraphale gives them the flaming sword. So there's, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of um, Christian iconography here. So this, he gives them the sword because he's a, he's a real softy. Like he feels bad for them and um, she's pregnant and he wants them to be able to defend themselves. And so they, the two of them reflect on their actions and- And them want, meaning Adam and Eve. At, yeah, well, no, no. Aziraphale and Crowley reflect on their own actions. Did they do the right thing? Right, so, no, no, I'm sorry, but I meant when you said he gave them the flaming sword. Oh, yes, yes. So yes, Aziraphale yes. gave Adam and Eve the flaming sword. Yes. Which then shows up towards the end of the <laughs> of the series <laughs> in sort of some comical ways, but also some um, really profound ways. Um, but that, that, so this scene sets the tone for the series where there's this, um, the question of like, you know, Crowley asks, what if I did the right thing? And what if you did the wrong thing as the angel? And so it sets up this really interesting tension between these two sides of good and evil, right and wrong, and all kinds of ethical questions about, do you do the right thing? What happens if you do the right thing for the wrong reason or the wrong thing, but it turns out for the right reason? <laughs> it's, it's just it's interesting. And so all the way through the series, they are wrestling with this tension. And, and in season one, the, the whole point of, of this series is that they are trying to prevent Armageddon. They find out that the Antichrist has been born and the, the two of them have been living on earth for 6,000 years. They actually, um, they actually like humanity and they, you know, Aziraphale, the angel, is trying to get them to do good things and Crowley, the demon, is trying to get them to do bad things and they kind of cancel each other out but they develop this really interesting friendship over these thousands of years. And when they get to this point of Armageddon supposed to be happening so that the heaven, the angels in heaven and the demons below are supposed to, they're, they're all wanting this war and they want to destroy everything. And, you know, it's like basically a gang war between the firmaments, right? And, and Crowley and Aziraphale don't want this to happen. And so they, so there's this sort of for for, sel for selfish reasons, for selfish reasons, mm -hmm. but also because they, like again, they they want to preserve the um, the lives of humanity. So there's part, yes, there's our, there are selfish reasons, but also because they want to see humanity survive. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I just have to ask you. So yeah, they they do they do love humans. You know, um, Crowley in his own kind of way, uh, but he likes he likes Earth. Zarephel loves humans. I think Crowley just likes the comforts of Earth. <laughs> but 
but I mean, well, but, so, well, so does Azaraphale because he's yeah. got, he loves to eat, which like angels aren't supposed to do. That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. And, and, you know, there are times when, when Crowley does the good thing for people that he doesn't have to do. You know, he protects their lives when he doesn't have to. He rescues them when he doesn't have to. So he he actually does the good thing, even though he's very gruff and very, you know, seems to be very hedonistic. He actually, um, and, and this is, you know, when Azaraphale says, I, I think deep down you're actually a really nice person. Then Crowley like gets angry. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And it, so, so the other thing, just to realize too, that Crowley was once an angel himself. Spoiler and, alert. Spoiler alert. Right, right. Yes, we should have put that at the very beginning. There there are going to be spoilers. I don't I don't think we should give away the ending of season 2. Okay. So let so we'll say we let's not talk about that that last episode. We can just talk about the the just the themes. Mm. Um, but um but yes, so he is he well, and this is right from the beginning. He you know, he he's, he and he says like I didn't really fall. I just sort of sauntered downwards um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have this um this you know it's sort of this yin yang situation mm -hmm. and if you remember the symbol of, of yin yang is the dark and the light and within each of, within darkness there's a little dot of light and within light there's a little dot of dark and and so together they they balance each other out they're in tension with each other and it creates this 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 whole. So you see this lived out in the, the the friendship between them. Yeah. Now you know I will I will say right right out that this is this is not. I mean there there are Christian elements and as you said iconographies in, but this is I would not say that this well this is not particularly Catholic or Christian um, theory at all. I mean, oh, just because, no, no. It's yeah, a, just it's because a we see, yeah, it's a parody, just because we see references. But there is one thing, one thing I want to ask you. So, yes, they do not want, um, they agree uh, with each other. They don't want Armageddon to come. But if you, you know, if, if you look at the Bible, these things have to happen before the second coming of Christ. And they don't really, I don't think they really deal with that, or at least I don't remember they deal with that a lot. But the Antichrist and everything's going to happen, and then Christ will come again. Uh, you know, if you, if you, and, and I know that the book of Revelation, um, you know, some people do believe that it is more literal than, than other people believe. But if you do believe that there's going to be a second coming, then preventing the apocalypse, would it also prevent that? And as angels, shouldn't they want that to happen? How do you feel about that plot line, Leah? Well, um, and that's something that they address in, in the show, actually. You know, uh, Zarephale says that God's plan is ineffable. Like, it's a mystery. We can't know what's going on. And we should not question it. Mm -hmm. And Crowley is like, well, it's because it's so ineffable that maybe we should question it. Like, it's it's okay for us to ask questions. 
But asking those questions is what gets him kicked out of heaven. Mm-hmm. And 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 so there's this um, there's this question of like how much can you uh, question authority? But are there times when it's actually like God is actually okay with that? Like towards the end of the the, the first season, you know they you know there there is this great plan, right? The right. great plan is, yes, Armageddon has to come. And Azariah asked the question, but is this also the ineffable plan? Because if this is the great mystery, how can you know that this is the great plan? And, they, and they're all like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, if yeah. God's a mystery and there's a great plan, how do you know which is which? Yeah. And, and you know, I, there, there is no answer for that in the series, Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what you know makes all of this creative tension possible. But I think it does bring up good questions that people of faith need to ask ourselves in terms of, um, you know, even thinking of our own religious authorities. Like, when is it okay to question? When is it? You know, when is it better just to accept on faith? that this is the way things are supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you're told to do something that seems really morally awful, which happens, you know, in season two with the story of Job. And I think that, I mean, in season, that that episode, I think it's episode three. I think that's probably one of the most interesting episodes in the entire two series where they, you know, they really wrestle with the theme of theodicy. Why do bad things happen to good people? And so, so let's jump there. Now, now let you got to remember that these angels have been around since the beginning. Since the beginning. And so they have, and they've been hanging out on earth this whole time. So they, so the one thing about the show is they, they show it come down through the centuries. And occasionally you'll see them in different time periods. Well, so now in this episode that you were talking about, they are around during the time of Job. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Tell us what happens and tell us why you think it's so important. In the story of Job in the Bible, God makes a deal with the devil. Um, there is this, this wager that the devil um, looks at Job, and who is the most righteous man on earth, and says to God, Job is only righteous because you've, you've blessed him. If you let me curse him and take away everything, I'll bet I can turn him against you. And God's like, okay, you're on. And so the devil kills all of his flocks and his children. And, you know, he's got boils all over his body. Just awful, awful things happen to him. And then there's this whole ethical part of the book of Job where his three friends come and try to say, well, you must have done something to make God angry. <laughs> and they're trying, they, and they've got all their platitudes and they're just not helpful at all. Um, and finally, Job gets to talk to God and says, why? Why is this happening? And God in in this, in the scripture basically says, like kind of takes Job on a whirlwind tour of the creation of the universe. It's really just beautiful. It's like all of creation and says, you know, do you know um, how the mountain lions eat? And do you know how the whales swim? Were you there? Like, do you, you know, do you understand how puny you are? 
And yet I'm still here with you and I'm going to restore to you everything that you've lost. And so he does. He's get he gets like twice as much back as he as he lost. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's the story in 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 scripture. So these two, um, so so Crowley is the one that's sent to do all of these horrible things to Job, mm-hmm. and Azaraphael tries to stop him, especially when it comes to the killing of the children, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting point. So. I, and I won't give any spoilers away on how they work it out. <laughs> they work it out. But at the end, again, Aziraphale is like, I had to lie to save lives. And he's worried that Crowley is going to like tell on him and that he's going to have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And Crowley's like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody if you don't tell anybody. And the scene ends with the two of them, you know, sitting with, you know, the cameras looking at their backs. They're looking out at the sea. You got, here's your yin yang, good, evil, like totally balanced out in that moment. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's just really profound. (laughs) And, and while that's probably not the first time, or maybe it is the first time they, they reconciled like that, that is the relationship they have throughout time. Correct. But I, but you really see it there. Oh, it's yes. Like you realize, first of all, that they've got each other's backs Mm -hmm. because at any moment, hell wants, like hell doesn't like Crowley (laughs) and heaven (laughs) doesn't like Azaraphale Uh and they're each kind of on their own They're you know, and so they find solace in each other and they, they help each other. They work out deals with each other. And there's just sort of this, you know, they show up and like help Shakespeare. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just these really comical things that happen along the way. But mm-hmm. there's also some moments where um, it's very touching how they are um, looking out for each other, doing kind things for each other because of this, you know, this trust that they've built between them. Yeah, this thousands and thousands of year old trust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think too, you know, you know, staying within the world of good omens, I think another reason why they don't want things to end is because they don't want their friendship to end. I mean, their friendship is built on their roles in on earth dealing with humanity. And if yeah. there's no humanity, then what 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 is left for them? Mm-hmm. Now, the second season, again, we, we see them, we see this wonderful relationship, but, and I don't think it's too giving away too much to tell us what it's centered around. It's centered around the angel Gabriel. And we see, and we I think we saw this maybe in season one, but we see what heaven looks like. There's a bunch of angels in suits, and we've seen this before represented in pop culture. Yes. Uh, we've seen heaven looks looks like a white office with with uh, you know like desks and angels in white suits. Um, I know we've seen it in Supernatural. We've seen this in pop culture before, and then we also see hell, which looks nasty, like you would expect. <laughs> yes. um, but it centers around uh, you know a- Gabriel and the fierce, powerful angel Gabriel. 
who ends up coming to earth for some reason, and then hilarity ensues, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I have to say, John Hamm is fantastic in that role. Yes, he's the he guy is. who played on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Don Draper. And um, him in this comic role, he really shines in, in, in season two. John Hamm has been embracing his inner comic. I mean, he, he has done several comedy roles, um, and he, he did one with what was kind of a remake of the movie Fletch, uh, which Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase made famous in the, what was that, the 80s maybe? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which And he's really funny in this, and people want him to do another Fletch. And then he's been in a couple other uh, uh, pieces where he's just, you know, it might be a small piece, but he's, he's funny. And yes. well, and well, and look at the progressive insurance commercials where he play. <laughs> he wants to be he wants to be Flo's boyfriend, and she just doesn't get it. Right. So, so I mean, I think we've seen him kind of embrace this comedy, and he's and you're right, he's so good in this. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, and 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 I have to say too, um, the rest of the cast is excellent. Mm-hmm. They are all excellent actors, and some of them are in both season one and season two playing completely different roles. Yeah. But you, so, but you see this sort of uns, the, the value of the ensemble, almost like in, in a, in a theater production where like the first half of the play, some actors are playing one role, those roles, you know, people die or what, you know, it moves to a different time. And so those actors are now playing different roles and you're like, didn't I just see this person here? Yes, you did. Yes, so it's you really did. Yeah. This theater feel to it as well, which I really appreciate. Yeah, no, it's really good. So I encourage people um, to to check it out because it does it it does enter into these, you know, these religious themes. And here's the thing: if they do something that you're not sure about, read the Bible. I mean, I love I love watching these shows and going, wait a minute, it would, no, it didn't happen like that. But then not really remembering like, like how did it happen? So I go and read the Bible. I mean, you know, so yeah. I, I think yeah, this like, is like, the story of Noah's Ark is there. The story of the crucifixion is there. Yeah. Um, you know, Job is there. Uh, um, you know, images from, from revelation, as you said, are there. It's, it's very, I would say it's, it's Ju- Judeo Christian. You know, it's based on Judeo-Christian yes. themes, stories, images, and um, and but the way they, I mean, they're playful with it. So it's it's parody, but it's also um, it's a. I don't want to say it's disrespectful. I I look at it as it's sort of a genre like like the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. You know, where you've got sort of this the, the Greek mythology or the Roman mythology of the gods and how. Um, he plays with those and kind of expands out and builds out from there. Well, that's what Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett do in this series and, and kind of build out and, and sort of use an imaginative, biblical, biblically imaginative approach to these stories. Yes, yes. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, season one and season two are, and I don't know, it might be available in some, like a Brit box or it might be available in other things, but we, you know, Lee and I saw this on Amazon prime. Um, and you know, it's, it's really, really interesting and curious and funny. And I believe 
it will drive you back to the Bible, which is always a good thing. So I would say see it. Now let's spend, we got a few minutes left. So let's spend the rest of our time talking about the big movie, the 50th anniversary year of The Exorcist and the new movie that they are releasing. And it's releasing October 6th in most places uh, in theaters, you know, only in in theaters. (laughs) Just in time. Exactly. It's called The Exorcist Believer. So I don't know a whole, I mean, I've seen the trailer. I don't know a whole lot about this movie, except the fact that it, um, it features two girls instead of one. And it also features, and I'm, and I'm, see, there we go. I'm calling it up, but I don't want the, uh, the trailer to start playing, which of course it wants to do. Um, but it also features Ellen Burstyn, the, the who played the mother of Reagan uh, in The Exorcist. I, I believe it does. That's what I had seen before. Um, so I guess you might say, do they really need another Exorcist, and why are they doing this? Well, you know, it could just because it's, be because it's the 50th anniversary, but certainly this movie, when we talk about how 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 religion and faith and iconology and all of that is represented in pop culture, you have to mention The Exorcist. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be interested to see um, how they portray clergy because yeah, the way clergy are portrayed in, in the first one is, um, you know, there's a lot of wrestling between good and evil there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'll be very interested to see what their take, in, take on it is now, especially in light of, you know, the way things have happened in religion in the last 50 years, where there's been, um, you know, the trust levels of clergy have gone way down. There's so yeah. many scandals in the Catholic Church, in the Southern Baptist Convention, in the Lutheran Church, in the mm-hmm. Methodist. I mean, you know, there's like there are things that clergy have done and things that institu- the institutional church have done to to lose the trust the sacred trust of um, not just their parishioners, but like society in general. So it'll be very interesting to see if that is in any way reflected in this movie. Um, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I'm, I'm looking at it now and they have a movie site, but they really don't have much more than, um, well, I mean, you know, they have the tr- they have the two trailers down there. They also have a synopsis of what's going on. Again, I don't want to start everything playing on here. Um, uh, and they do give you they do give you a little bit of information about it. But um, you're right. We won't know until we watch how how that is going going to be represented. And you know, also in the first movie, this was a family that really. That, that were not believers. They didn't really have a lot of faith. Of course, she plays with the, the Ouija board and kind of introduces some things to come into her life. But it also seemed like it was kind of, um, you know, crit- maybe even criticizing this family and like maybe, maybe even blaming them a little bit because they didn't have belief. And I don't know how the new one is going to be represented or not. I will say this. So um, the two girls in, are in there. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. 
uh, is playing the father of one, and Leslie Odom Jr. has has been in a lot of stuff, but everybody remembers him from Hamilton as Aaron Burr. Uh, and then um, also there's really great production behind here. This is from Blumhouse. If you're a horror movie fan, just hearing the fact that Blumhouse is produ- is producing this, just it just makes me happy. <laughs> it's, they always really it's got a high pedigree as yeah. far as horror movies go. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. So let me just really briefly read this. Uh, it says, since the death of his pregnant wife in a Haitian earthquake 12 years ago, Victor Fielding, Leslie Odom Jr., um, has raised their daughter Angela on his on his own. But when Angela and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods, only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, it unleashes a chain of events that will force Victor to confront the nadir of evil and in his terror and desperation seek out the only person alive who has witnessed anything like it before, and that is Chris McNeil, who was Ellen Burstyn. And this is the first time that she's reprising her role. Uh, mm. I have high hopes for this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited because you know what happens and you'll get disappointed. Um, but it's exactly 50 years ago this fall. It came out in the fall of 1973. So now this is 2003 and I definitely will be going to see it. All right. Well, we will have to have that conversation. After absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And in fact, and I may have mentioned this before, there's not a lot of people in my circle who like to go see horror movies. So I have a, so when I was in Kansas city before those of you who've kind of followed the story, I just moved back. I had a horror movie buddy. His name is Wade. Wade, I'm going to give you a shout out because you said you'd come back to Kansas city and watch this with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so shout out to Wade. You need to come on, make a, make a day trip, come to Kansas city so we can see this. <laughs> Because my husband is not a real, I mean, he'll go with me, but he's not really a huge fan. My sister, oh my goodness, she would never see the first one because she couldn't tolerate the voice of the demon. Uh, just, she said, I can't hear it. I just can't listen to it. And, uh, you know, and again, a lot of people I know just are not really into horror movies, but I am, but I love Jesus too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that saying, I love Jesus, but I curse a little. <laughs> I love Jesus, but I like horror movies, too. <laughs> you can do both things at the same time. That's okay. Because it is. it is. It's dealing with these. Like, what does it mean to wrestle with these, you know, to be human, to be mm-hmm. tempted, to be dealing with forces that are opposing light and love and, you know, the moral ambiguity of it all. Like, that's the, that's the fascinating stuff. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And in my opinion, maybe... Maybe the reason why I feel like it's okay, I feel like you got to be a strong Christian. And I was raised Catholic, so the whole exorcist thing I get, right? So I feel like you got to be a strong Christian to be able to watch these movies, enjoy them, but know, well, Jesus wins in the end anyway, so why am I worried? I mean, I'm not worried about any of that stuff, you know? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We know that the story ends well. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. There is, As Julian of Norwich said, all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. How we get there is the really interesting story. That is right. That is right. <laughs> Leah, I always love talking to you about this stuff. Thank you so much. Likewise, my friend. 
We'll, I mean, we'll definitely have to come back after we both see The Exorcist, uh, Exorcist colon Believer. And, you know, I mean, I know a lot of you listening might not be into this or if you, well, if you've made it this far, maybe you are. So I would love for you to reach out, you know, on PositivelyJoy.com, there is a tab that says talk. I would love for you to click that and you can leave a little recording about what you think about Good Omens or The Exorcist or even even the movies that we've been talking about, how faith is represented in pop and culture. Would love your comments. And if you disagree, if you think we shouldn't be watching that stuff, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Leah, thank you so much. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Yvette. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing. The joy of knowing.